As a beauty editor, I'm able to ask the difficult questions, look through the ingredient lists, try out the textures from a wide selection of samples that arrive on my desk. And let me tell you something, even with that level of access to information and products, it's often confusing when it comes to choosing the right products for my own face that actually work. So where to start? That's why we're thrilled to be partnering with Renewed for this episode of Keeping Face. Renewed takes the hard work out of finding the right skincare for you. Just complete a short skin quiz, book a free 20-minute video call with one of their estheticians to discuss your skin concerns, and receive a personalized routine within hours. They'll choose from a range of well-known brands like Medicaid, CeraVe, Aven, and new innovative brands that are all guaranteed to have long-term benefits for your skin. Say goodbye to the frustration of researching and buying products that end up being a bit meh. Sign up with Renewed, follow your new routine, and check in anytime with your Renewed esthetician for personal ongoing support. Best of all, if you use the code KEEPINGFACE when you sign up, there's £10 off your first purchase. So thank you to Renewed for supporting Keeping Face, and to all our listeners, We hope you'll sign up and take that first step towards finding a skincare routine that truly works for you. We're confident you'll see a difference in your skin. Welcome to Keeping Face. I'm your host, Kathleen Baird-Murray. This is the podcast where we explore the successes and failures of some of our favorite beauty brand founders. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a very warm welcome today for our guest, Bobby Brown, who is a makeup artist with over, Bobby, we were trying to work it out actually, 30, maybe maybe more than 40 years as a makeup artist. We couldn't work it out. I'm bad at math, so I'm not sure. <laughs> Bobby founded a global megastar of a brand, Bobby Brown, and but rather than retire quietly in 2016 when she left Estee Lauder Companies, she has since been non-stop. Bobby, welcome to Keeping Face. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. So nice to see you. It's lovely to see you. We've um, we've known each other quite a while now, actually, and I've interviewed Bobby several times. And you've always been such a delight to talk to because you're always so open and so candid about some of the real difficulties and challenges in being a founder. So I'm super happy to to be able to like continue this chat today because every time I talk to you, it's usually like a lapse of a few years, and you've usually <laughs> launched about another three brands at that time. So it's, you've kept us all really busy. Uh, Bobby, um, the first question, uh, the world used to know you for just one thing, which was a rather spectacular thing, but one thing all the same, Bobby Brown Cosmetics. And then you became a multi-hyphenate with several different ventures, all of which are pretty outstanding. How would you describe what your career encompasses at the moment? You know, it's really funny when I look back at a trajectory of my life and I think about even going to college and designing my own major, that was being an entrepreneur. Then I started this makeup line, this lipstick line while I was a makeup artist, while I was also married with a child and living the suburban life. So that was also being an entrepreneur. And then selling these lipsticks when it turned into a brand to Estee Lauder, where I stayed 22 years, you know, I look back and the reason that I even was able to do that is because, you know, I was an entrepreneur. I did other things while I was there, creating a blog, working at Yahoo, 
So that kept me occupied. So what I'm doing now doesn't seem too much for me. It's just who I am. And one of the things I was thinking about actually earlier today was you are really like a journalist as well. I mean, you sort of explore every subject like a journalist would. You do your research, you know, when you uh, you became a wellness expert, you um, even the fact that, you know, when you were at college, you researched what you wanted to do. You wanted to do your own degree. You do sort of approach everything with a very kind of 360 approach. Well, I, it's, I, I really appreciate you calling me a journalist, but I'm much more of just, I'm curious and I just want to know more and learn more. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't do research even, you know, I've done a couple podcasts and usually they quickly tell me about the person I'm going to talk to. And then I just talk to them as if I was talking to them over tea. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And, um, I'm just very, very I'm open, but I'm also really curious how people do things and why they do them. And that's how I approach all of my businesses. And let's talk about the biggest business, the one that you're so well known for. We're not going to talk about it a lot because we've got so much else to talk about as well. But with Bobby Brown Cosmetics, you had to make quite a tough decision at one point to leave. Uh, It was after 22 years, as you said. How did you know it was the right moment to go? You know, I didn't know. And it was really my Aunt Alice, who right now is turning 91 and is the most spry person I've ever met in my life. I was talking to her as I normally do when I'm on my long walks, telling her what's going on, the kids, me. And then I started talking about work. And she said, Bobby, I have heard the same thing over and over and over. You can't fix it. It's time. And I'm like, no, but Aunt Alice goes, no. You've been saying this for the last couple of years that this is the problem and you're going to fix it. You didn't fix it. And I said, you're right. And it just kind of led me to realize I just can't do it anymore. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that what I was doing was not working for me personally. And what was the problem that Aunt Alice thought you needed to fix? Well, first of all, it's an entire business book, so I, which I'm not planning on writing. But basically, I, you know, being an entrepreneur, being someone that is a woman that knows what other women, you know, want and need, it made sense to me. I know how to fix things. But when there are layers and layers of well-educated, experienced people, that's not the way you get things done. I mean, I'm sorry. They, that's, it doesn't, you know, creating things and having people understand why and teaching them doesn't require teams of business and marketing and executives. It just requires like quick things and, you know, things that make sense. Do you think that's because at that point it almost becomes leadership by committee rather than, you know, just a few people who bring that experience and don't feel like they have to shout louder than the person before? Do you think that's part of the part of the problem in those sorts of big corporate setups? It's 100% the problem. And the brand was only successful because they had the founder there that was standing up and fighting for what she wanted. And a lot of these big companies, they do things by committee, but there's no one for the ultimate like answer that says, no, this is what we do. You know, they, they bring in a creative director, they bring in a CEO, they bring in a president, they bring in a head of sales, a head of marketing, and no one agrees and little bits and pieces and it becomes nothing. It becomes part of what 
every other company is doing instead of a uniquely yourself. So you made the decision, you left. What were the repercussions for you on an emotional level? You had to exist in a very different world, one where your name was no longer a part of this massive cosmetics brand. And that was that strange for you? It was it was not just strange when it when when it first happened the most amazing feeling was all of the stress kind of released from my body all the things I was worried about because all I did every day is worry about all the things that were falling apart that needed to be fixed that I knew that we just didn't have the right infrastructure to do and no one was listening so it was a relief which was like an amazing feeling and then I didn't expect it, you know, but there was definitely like anger, sadness, you know, like it, it, all those emotions came out. So I literally had to go through, you know, some time of dealing with my emotions. Luckily, I had my husband, I had my best friends, and I had so many people in my life that I was close to that I was able to talk to, like in the in the business, you know, your friends that are your friends, but they're really business friends, but you really love them. So I had them and a couple of them offered me some opportunities. So I really didn't, you know, like sit around sad for, except for a couple days. And then, you know, I, sadness came back and I dealt with it, but I was, I was busy. I started doing projects. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's a bit like going through a bereavement. There's all those different stages and it's, it must've been quite exhausting for you actually to feel all of that. Well, it was exhausting, but it was also invigorating because it was the first time in my life, my calendar had nothing on it. And wow. up until that point, you know, it was a billion dollar brand. Up until that point, I knew where I was traveling. I knew when the Asian makeup artists were coming in. I knew what I was doing for fashion week. I knew... So I had everything on my calendar and, you know, people would say, well, take six months, take a year, go on a holiday, go to a spa. No, I jumped into a project literally, you know, probably a month after a friend of mine that owned department stores said, well, this is great news. I've always wanted to do something with you. Why don't we design the Just Bobby shops within Lord and Taylor? And I'm like, huh. Okay, what would that mean? And I started instantly thinking, yeah, I can curate my things and I can walk around the store and pull my favorite things. And we did it. And I got to, you know, bring a team together that they paid for, which always made me happy. And, um, you know, I'm very practical that way. And we worked on that project for a year and it was semi successful. And then the store sold. You know, Lord and Taylor went out of business and I think sold to WeWorks. And I took it in-house digitally, Just Bobby. And it's still, you know, an editorial site um, that lives on our website in Jones Road. I mean, that's a very quick bounce, isn't it, into new territories. Do you regret now not taking that six months off to learn how to, I don't know, surf or make macrame baskets yeah. or whatever it is you're meant to do no, when you, you know semi-retire? You know, I don't regret it at all because I realize in order for me to be calm, calm and happy, I need to be doing what I love. And some people love golf. Some people love, you know, needlework. <clears throat> I love doing things I have no idea how to do. And I love working with creative people 
and having a team, a camaraderie and a posse and working, having an agenda, an idea, you know, problem solving, like, I love it. So, you know, I don't mind, I don't mind when things don't work out because I like to figure out a way to make it better. And some of the things, some of the new territories that you looked into, things that you wanted to make better, perhaps, there was a hotel, uh, there were supplements. I mean, we're going to come to Jones Road, which of course, I suspect maybe the road was always on the way to Jones Road. I don't know. But um, what was behind these choices? Well, the first, you know, the first thing besides the Just Bobby shop, it was my husband um, when I told him I was done at, at Estee Lauder, he said, great, I've been waiting for decades to have your time, which was so sweet. And he said, I want to travel more. And he said, but I just bought a building in Montclair, our town. And he said, I don't know if I was going to turn it into condominiums or I thought it'd be really fun to do a boutique hotel. And I looked at him, I mean, he had never said a word, you know, about that. And we love traveling and we used to stay at the biggest, fanciest, most expensive hotels because someone else was paying and that's where they said we should stay. And we realized we love the smaller boutique feel and we did it. And we completely renovated this old residence, um, the George Hotel, the, the, no, it was the George Inn. Now it's just called the George Montclair and anyone that knows me knows I am completely in awe of the UK. So everything that, you know, reminds me of a boutique hotel in London is what the George is. You know, it's a combination Soho house to, or all these other things. And it's a very cool, chic, fun, um, comfortable hotel. And it's been really fun. And does it take up much of your time or... How do you how do you divide all your time be- between? I mean, because we've got Jess Bobby, we've got the George Hotel, we've got obviously Jones Road, which is massive now. Um, how do you divide your time between all those? Well, my time is divided first of all, you know, by what I need to do to make myself feel good, meaning exercise and wellness, um, and certainly quality time with my family and my friends. And then I figure out how to get the other things done in between. Like that's something I pretty much learned from my husband. So in the beginning, it took off. It took up a lot of time, but I had more time. I, you know, I didn't have a, a supplement or a makeup company. And for me, the way to make things work without you is basically making sure you have the right people doing the right job, training them the right way, and then and then teaching them when they need to reach out to you and ask you and show you. So every time you pop in, you're happy. And it took quite a few years to find the right team, to teach the right way. So now really my involvement is I do the Instagram myself, which I, you know, I do a bunch of Instagrams because I love it. And I, you know, pop in and out when I'm in town, just you know, making mental notes of things I want to maybe update or improve. And I call them and, you know, I see their numbers and they're, and I see who's staying there and they call me when someone famous is there. There's quite a lot of well-known people that stay there because it's the only nice hotel outside of Manhattan. And a lot of celebrities shoot films in New Jersey and they stay at the hotel. Brilliant. Yeah. It's really fun. And by the way, 
you kind of dropped that into the conversation about doing this, the social media yourself, but you've become a massive star in your own right on TikTok and Instagram as well. Uh, was that easy to do or did you, do you enjoy it? You know, I only do things that are comfortable and that I enjoy. So I, 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 it's easy for me. I have was probably one of the first people that got into Instagram. You know, I, I love, um, you know, I, I'm, a always wanted to be a, a, a magazine editor. I always wanted to be a graphic designer, a creative director. Like I'm very visual and I love telling stories. Well, guess what? You know, social media occupies probably a little too much of my time, honestly, but I enjoy it. And, uh, you know, I love images and photography and I, it's been, a, it's, I don't Google anymore. I search on Instagram and I talk to people that I want to meet. I mean, I've never met, you know, Edward from Vogue, but I've talked to him on Instagram. Like, it's just like bizarre in the new world. I'm sure Edward Enninful would love to meet Bobby in person. I think Bobby underestimates the effect she has on people. I remember being backstage once several years ago and Bobby was there and I went home and I reported this back to my daughter who was then about 13 and she thought I was being way too casual about dropping Bobby's name into the conversation because Bobby was... Bobby, I want to talk to you now about, I mean, keeping faces about those moments where you feel perhaps a little bit vulnerable and where things don't always work out the way that we think they are going to. Um, now, one of your brands that you started, uh, the supplement brand Evolution 18, when you go on the website now, there's a little notice that says we've closed down. And I wondered when this happened, what was it like to walk away from this? Did, was that something you were planning? How, how did it happen? Well, Evolution 18 came because I had a non-compete. When I left SD Lauder, I had four and a half years left on a 25-year non-compete. Okay. So for someone like me, that's a really long time. And I had no intention of starting another beauty brand or going really going back into beauty, but I needed their permission for anything I did. So I, I got their permission for the Just Bobby shops, you know, and there was lots of issues you could imagine with it. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do this. And then I got their permission for the vitamin category. And that was before vitamins kind of turned into beauty. They, you know, it, they, it didn't uh, sit well with them when I launched with permission, Evolution 18, and it was, you know, feed your inner to become beautiful. You know, that it, didn't, that it was kind of a little bit before its time. And I did it. And honestly, it's not like I sat down and I said, okay, I want to do this. And let me build the right team. Let me decide how much it's going to cost. Let me have a strategy. This is typical, Bobby. I met, no, I met someone who was a vitamin distributor, manufacturer, marketer who lived not far from me in New Jersey. And he said, what if I partner with you? I'll, you can create the brand. You could sell the brand. I'll give you all the products. And with his connections, we can make a big success. And I thought I had nothing else to do. I said, sure. So then I went and sat and said, okay, what can I do? And, you know, I launched Bobby Brown <coughs> lipsticks at Bergdorf Goodman very fancy. You know, I always had a blowout when I went in there and this pro these products, the biggest opportunity was Walmart, which is a very, you know, it's, 
we ended up coming over to Boots. Yeah, Walmart, I remember that. Yeah, Walmart was even, you know, reached a, um, a more affordable audience, you know, which is a nice way of saying it. So it was, you know, amazing opportunity where it messed up was I didn't have the right team to do the business. I had people that worked with me on different parts of my editorial business, or, you know, I had a lot of, and no one had the business, no one had the structure. And, and it just ended up being really difficult. And I thought I could do it and sell it and then start to make a brand. But I realized I didn't need Aunt Dallas to tell me that it was, that it was, it was causing me more aggravation than happiness. And I, I literally just gave it back to the partner and I said, you know, I'm done. And he said, all right, we'll take it. He tried to keep it alive and it didn't work. And uh, basically I was doing Jones road and I, was like, I'd rather do what brings me joy than brings me aggravation. If you were to do it again, that particular brand, because you were kind of, in fact, I've, I've got one here. I've got, I found one in my uh. vitamin cabinet uh, because I'm terrible. I always get vitamin supplements and I take half of them and then I forget. Uh, anyway, so I found yeah. some, but I remember I really loved, I really loved them. I loved the beauty bubbles. It was such a cute name. You put a little tab. It was a bit like, um, Gave you a little boost in the afternoon if you wanted, wanted. I can't remember what the vitamins were in. B12, vitamin B12. Right. Um, but if you were to do that all over again now, knowing what you know, what would you have done differently? Or what would you do differently? Yeah, I would have, I would have hired an experienced executive to run the, the company instead of having whoever was sitting there at the time. And there was a few different people. So I would have had an experienced, um, because I'm not experienced. I'm not, a, you know, a, an experienced, I'm, I'm a brand driver, but I need someone that does all the things that I'm not good at or, but I know it needs to be done. So that, I mean, it's just, that's it. I would have had, I mean, I had three people working on this brand. I, and they were not necessarily the right experienced people, wonderful people, but not the right experience. And do you think maybe also three people isn't enough or? Oh, it was not enough, but, but whoever was running it should have made sure we had the right team. Like I'm, you know, and because I, besides doing these businesses and besides my normal family life and my homes and all of that, you know, I have a lot of things on my plate. I do, I give speeches. I, you know, I, I do shoots. I do all of that. So I wasn't, honestly, I did not put my all into evolution 18, um, especially I think as it got harder, I just, you know, would just let things go. And, and it, I didn't do the right thing. If I had nothing else, I probably could have stopped and said, okay, cause by the way, I had no money in, I didn't lose any money. I didn't make any money, but I didn't lose money. And, um, you know, I learned a lot. That's the positive. And Kathleen, I always find positive out of things that don't do well. So it was tough. It was aggravating. You know, I had a lot of people I complained to who said, why are you doing this? Even my kids, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And, you know, I was like, I could fix it, but I learned what works and what doesn't work. 
and what, you know, what you need to do to have a digital brand. And um, I learned a lot. And Joe, by the time I launched Jones Road, I had the right leader. I had the right team. I had, you know, people doing the right things. And that brand took me by surprise. With evolution, was it hard for you to let go? I mean, you're you're not someone who's used to failure, right. are you? No, particularly? but I didn't. I honestly didn't feel failed. I didn't feel failed. I just said, oh, this didn't work and it's giving me a headache. And, you know, maybe for like, I, you know, what really kind of stuck in my head is, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to buy the chocolate protein powder that was my favorite. I was worried about the gummy bear, the gummies that were called chill. Thank God, you know, the guy I left, we left on good terms and he sent me like six, you know, cases of, of the gummies that I could, you know, share with everyone. But now I just, I'm like, okay, I was so excited about something else that I wasn't worried. And honestly, it's crazy when I kind of turned off the lights and it took a few months. We had some things to kind of, you know, get through before we even told Walmart or told, uh, you know, Boots or whatever, um, that it just, it gave me time to realize what wasn't working. And I, I honestly, I didn't have an emotional attachment to Evolution 18 like I did to the old Bobby brand. And that's probably the crucial difference, isn't it? That's probably the thing that made it so much easier for you to let go. Plus the fact you didn't have money invested in it. You were comfortable financially following Bobby Brown. So, but presumably it's the emotional connection that's perhaps the hardest thing here. A hundred percent. And, you know, I made plenty of money with Bobby Brown. So it wasn't a financial, I wasn't worried, but it was, you know, the emotional things and the people that I, you know, all of a sudden were not in my life anymore. So that was that this one, I couldn't wait to get away from the people that were, I was involved with. I was like, I was so done. And I was so excited about this makeup brand that didn't have a name that I couldn't even tell anyone about because I couldn't launch it until my non-compete was up, which I launched the day my non-compete, my 25 year non-compete was up. I launched Jones Road. And what did that feel like? It's the day that you your non-compete has come up, you're you're able to launch a, another makeup brand. What did that feel like? Well, you can imagine. Um, it felt great, but it really I was nervous. You know, I was I was nervous about a couple of things. I was nervous that, you know, there was gonna be some major lawsuit, which even though they didn't have a right to, and, you know, my husband kept thinking that was a good idea. Like, go ahead, let them sue you. <laughs> That's good for the brand, but nothing, you know, nothing happened. And, um, you know, I don't know on their end if they were like, oh my God, you know, what do we do? It's another Joe Malone moment. You know, I don't know. So I'm friends with Joe. So, you know, we discussed it a bunch. Uh, I'm friends with Marcia Kilgore. So I have all these founders that kind of have similar experience. But it just, it was, I was just nervous. Here I am launching a second brand and I'm like, oh my God, are people going to think she's a one hit wonder? Are people going to think that Jones Road is the emperor's new clothes because it didn't have a lot of payoff? Are they going to think, you know, the, the packaging is under, you know, under, I don't know what the word is, not as beautiful, not as fancy. And there's no marketing. Is this going to work? But I was so excited about what I was doing and the visuals and the, you know, the, the, the whole components of launching this brand 
And I was so pleasantly blown away and happy. My husband kept saying, you knew it was going to do it well. I said, I thought it was, but I didn't know. And I started reading people's comments when they actually got the product. And I was like, I said to my husband, I think we we're onto something here. I mean, it's incredible, isn't it, really? Because it's like a big circular journey that you took because you started out with your 10 lipsticks and a very clear ethos that was true to who you were as a makeup artist. Your style was always very elegant, but chic, but not too done, very natural looking. It was easy for women to use. And in a way, you kind of, via Evolution 18 and a couple of other things, you came back to who you are with that makeup brand. Would you say that was true? Oh my God, so true. And I've never felt better and been happier because honestly, Jones Road, it's not just people saying yes to me, but it's, you know, having people around me that understand what has to be done, what needs to be done and really important how it should be done. And, you know, that takes, that takes time because you've got to get the right people that share the same aesthetic. You have to get the right people that, you know, bring their experience to you. And by the way, I didn't hire anyone from the beauty industry, except the, my head of product development, who didn't come from a big brand, came from some smaller brands and worked in labs and new distribution. <clears throat> and I have very few people that have beauty experience. Was that a deliberate choice to not have people on staff who had huge amounts of beauty experience? Because presumably you're bringing the beauty experience. So was that why you did that? Well, you know, it's not like I said, you know, a statement and I'm going to follow it, but I, but I realized that I did not want to hire people that I worked with before. I did not want to hire people with corporate beauty experience. You know, I would have been open to an indie beauty experience, but I didn't really find anyone or meet anyone. And then I, you know, all these things started falling in place. And my, my chief marketing officer, which is, you know, he's one of my most valuable employees. And honestly, he's my son and he's had no beauty experience. He's just a digital marketing like phenom. And he brought these incredible people in, you know, and as I was interviewing people that we found on LinkedIn who had beauty experience, and interviewing these people that had direct-to-consumer experience, the, the, the freshness of talking to the people without beauty experience was so interesting for me that I just said, yep, yeah, I get it. This is, this is now, this is our strategy. Which makes sense because no one's going to have more experience in the beauty industry than you. Right. But equally, those other areas are areas that, you know, people bring fresh ideas, something completely different to it. So it's it's a really good way to move forwards and to come at it from a lateral point of view, I guess. Um, when you uh, left Evolution 18, did you was there like a, a period of time that you had to kick back or were you were you already you said you were already researching Jones Road? Was there any break at all? No, there was no break at all. And I didn't need a break. So it was the same office. I had Evolution 18 on one old table and I had Jones Road on a new Carrera marble table. I Just funny, what, you know, to think about the visual. 
So one of the people came over to Jones Road and the other was only one other person at that moment because we started, people started, the four people that we had, that was the most at once, started to, you know, find other jobs because there wasn't, you know, it wasn't really working. So there wasn't, the, it's not just the idea of Jones Road then, it was happening, you know, it was happening. So I let, we closed down um, officially uh, Evolution 18 in September. We told, you know, Walmart in, you know, September, I launched Jones Road in October. So, you know, but I knew for the summer before that it just was not working. And we finally, I couldn't even get the partner on the phone half of the time. When I finally got him, I said, literally, God, I'm done. Like, I'm done. Oh, no, no, no. We'll do this. And and finally, I just said, no, I'm done. I'm done. Take it. It's yours. I'm not asking for anything. You just can't use my name, my face. And it was such a strange business partnership. There was nothing signed. Like there was no paperwork. That's how almost dysfunctional things were. But um, it was okay. I walked away from it. And one or two people reached out and said, oh, my God, oh, my God. But honestly, there was nothing. Not a press story, not a SD laundry, nothing. That's extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think it was on anyone's radar. You know, if you also, it, September... You know, September of 2020, we were in the pandemic. We were, you know, right before the presidential election, all the social unrest. You couldn't like, that's why when I launched Jones Road, people said, you're crazy. How could you launch it in the middle of all this? No one's going to pay attention. I just said tough <laughs> because I am launching the day my non-competes up and no one is stopping me. And actually, it wasn't such a bad time to give everybody a wonderful distraction something, you know, a makeup line that's easy to apply that's about your own natural beauty right. and enhancing that. It was probably actually a really good time. Yes, it was a, a lucky, lucky time. It wasn't, you know, well, let me launch it because of this. And by the way, you know, we're sitting in our houses on Zoom and we were starting to, you know, feel we wanted to take care of ourselves. You know, I don't know about you, but I was coloring my hair in my bathroom um, I was, you know, I, I, I never blew my hair. I ba basically barely combed it, but I did put Miracle Balm on because it made me feel better. So I, I, that is how it started. And from Evolution 18, what were, the, what were the very specific learnings that you took to Jones Road? You, presumably with your staff and the structure. Right, certainly the structure. So, you know, having a business strategist, you know, meaning the numbers, how much things are going to cost, how much we could sell, how many we should order. I did hire someone. Um, she's no longer with me, but for launch, she was amazing. And then I had, you know, a, a girl who literally went to high school with my youngest son at 24 years old, who was the greatest, like coolest graphic designer. You know, she lived not far from the, the office she is now my creative director. So her and I worked together on, you know, what the brand could look like. And then I hired a photographer who I've known for 20 years, who I'm adore to do the photography. I asked my a hairdresser friend, I did the makeup, I styled it. And what I love more than anything is being in a studio with beautiful faces and no plan, no agenda. 
And that's how we shoot all of our ad campaigns. And I'm the, I'm the stylist. I'm the creative director. I, you know, unfortunately I have to be in some of the things too, which is not my favorite part of the business. I much rather be not think about how I look and just dive in. That's amazing. Thank you, Bobby. I've got one final question. Jones Road is obviously a massive success. Do you think you'll stop now in terms of launching new brands? Well, Jones Road is my new love. It's my new baby. And I can't see myself not doing it. And, you know, at the same time, I'm getting bombarded with people wanting to either invest or sell or have in their store. And the answer to all those three things are no, because it's working so well. And I, you know, I look, I'm 65 years old. I'm not going to lie in by the time I'm 70, I'm hoping to still be doing Jones Road, but you just don't know what, what I'm going to feel like and what is going to be working and fun. And, you know, my dream is to create a big brand that feels like a small brand. So that's my, that's my hope because I definitely will never sell to a cosmetics company and stay. It's a wonderful position to be in and a position that you really, really deserve because you've really put the time in to, to get there and to work out that really all the time the answer was with you, wasn't it? It was, it was you. Yes. And, and, you know, I'm still very excited and proud that I've been able to prove that to myself. Um, and have you, but we're only in one retail store in the world and it's Liberty. I don't know if you've been in or know that, but you know, that's been really fun. And is your husband getting more time with you? Um, you know, he's the chairman of the board. He is definitely my bit, my biggest, you know, um, cheerleader and, and advisor. And I am in Florida because this is where he wants to spend his time. And I, I go where he, what he wants to do. And I'm able to do, he supports me and what I do and I support him and what he does. So yes, we are definitely spending more time. Definitely. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, Bobby. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. It was really great. Thank you. I interviewed Bobby once before, shortly after launching Jones Road, and we talked a lot about just how hard it was for her to leave her namesake cosmetics line, Bobby Brown. And I know she did that for far longer than Evolution 18, but still, I'm struck by how relatively easy she was able to walk away from the supplements line. She's a true professional, and I know she wouldn't have taken that decision lightly, but I'm also sure that it was being less emotionally involved that enabled her to move on quickly. And I wonder if that's where having a creative involved in a business is different to just setting up any old business. They have to have that emotion, that passion, or they don't have momentum. So yes, emotion. Perhaps it's an underrated ingredient in making and keeping a brand profitable. And maybe when it goes, it's time for us, like Bobby, to go too. Thank you for listening to Keeping Face. You can learn more about my guest and their career journey in the show notes. Please do subscribe to our podcast. It helps others to find us. A special thanks to Renewed for sponsoring this episode. Remember to visit renewed.co and use the code KEEPINGFACE for £10 off your first purchase. Keeping Face was brought to you by Parkview Creative and myself, Kathleen Baird-Murray.